This is the Weekend Booktopian. I'm Mark Harding, and today I'm joined by three Booktopians who are going to share with us the books that they're reading at the moment. A very warm welcome to Ben Hunter, Eden Samuel, and Olivia Friedko. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, Mark. All right, uh, let's turn to you first, Ben, our fiction expert. What have you been reading, and what did you like about it? Wow. Well, a book that has been ricocheting around my brain for a long time, uh, following reading it is is Richard Powers bewilderment uh he's on the booker shortlist and you might know him from a book he did called Overstory uh incredible American writer he he is a, a genius of the scientific profession he spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley and now he's like uh gone complete in the opposite direction and is like he lives in a cabin in the Smoky Mountains and by himself. And he spent a lot of time with nature thinking about stuff. Uh, in this novel, Bewilderment, a father and son spend a lot of time together. And it's obvious from the get-go that the son, who's just about to turn eight years old when you meet him, um, has some kind of neurodiversity He's like he's having a lot of challenges uh, but he's brilliant right um and he just feels things um in a way that just lights up your mind and the father is um raising the child alone the mother has passed away tragically and the father is also trying to work as an astrobiologist. Mark, do you know what an astrobiologist is? Yes, that's somebody who um, studies um, alien, alien uh, life. Yeah, absolutely right. He's trying to find alien life. And um, there's all this research coming out around exoplanets, which is planets revolving around stars that aren't even in our solar system. And this guy is building these complex models of what that life could look like. And every night he takes, instead of you know, reading a story together, he takes his son to a different planet in their imaginations. And that is just absolutely gorgeous to read in and of itself. Um, you also have to reckon with the destruction of the planet that we're on. Um, in terms of its natural life. Uh, and uh, that is really hard to grapple with um, as a reader and for the, the child as well. Um, and it, you know, it, it raises the, the question of how, how, do you, how do you tell the child, your child about the state of things? And um, it's obviously incredibly distressing for this, um, uh, you know, eight-year-old boy who has um, these challenges. And um, the question the author kind of poses to the reader is, isn't, shouldn't we all be just as distressed? Uh, and then you go into some incredible places um, with some, some fiction around new technologies and um, the possibilities of artificial intelligence and neurofeedback stuff and what that might mean for 
the ways in which we can expand our minds and um, share the brains of others. And I won't say any more than that. I'm so right. I'm so happy to to hear all these things because I've it's no surprise <laughs> that I have been. Uh, this is this this book's on my wish list on Booktopia.com.au. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to make a purchase, and I've been um I've been yeah really hearing some amazing things about it. It's like right up my alley. So yeah, I can't mm. wait to read it. Uh, how do you compare it to the Overstory? I haven't read the Overstory, so ah, this okay. is this is my first Richard Powers. Uh, I, I'm adoring this book though. It's, it just, it touches on all the things I think about all the time and he does it really well. It's not like a heavy long novel. Um, it's very simple in a lot of ways, but it hits you hard. It's just brilliantly done. Awesome. All right. Can't wait to read that. What, what else have you been reading? Uh, one other thing I've, I've been reading is the new Christos Chalkis. Uh, his novel Seven and a Half. Uh, it's the first novel following a really big epic book he did called Damascus, which was like a decade in the production. Uh, Damascus um, was about um, the Apostle Paul and uh, the very early Christian church, and it grapples with uh, like Christian morality and what is truth and homosexuality and shame and class and all the things that Christos um, does so well. Um, and this novel, Seven and a Half, is just the same, but absolutely different. <laughs> it's, he wrote it really quickly in like this bounteous, like joyful um, rediscovering of writing after this um, massive project. And then in the pressure of lockdown and the bushfires and all the catastrophe around the world. And it's a, it's like a meta novel, right? Um, Christos is in the novel as a character uh, hiding away on the coast um, as the world is in some kind of catastrophe, but he is shutting off from the news and he is trying to write again and he's trying to discover beauty and he's trying to tell this story which you slowly get which is about a guy who was a actor in porn films in the 80s right <laughs> and uh, now he he lives um on the coast in australia um with a, uh with his australian wife who, you know, they were both working in the industry together and um, they had addiction problems and they kind of got out of LA and now like he has a son and they're trying to make a life for themselves. But this guy gets offered a lot of money by someone back in America to uh, revisit his old life in one way, shape or form. And he's got to make that choice. And he's also got to confront his own family back in America. Um, and it's, it's gorgeous. Like it's about, it's about the same stuff that Christos talks about all the time. It's about shame and um, class and what drives us to do what we do. But it's also about the, the desperate need for beauty in the world. And it's about the, how that intertwines with the erotic and the um, 
more dangerous elements of our kind of corporeal selves. It's ah, it's got me thinking a lot. It's 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 a it's a departure for Christos, but it's also so up his alley. I think anyone anyone that reads his stuff will really enjoy this, and and people that are coming into it afresh are in for a wild ride as well. And did you say did you say that he appears as a character in the novel? Yeah, yeah. So like a lot of the story is, you know, this um, aging writer going up onto the coast, spending time with himself, drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes, um, and dealing with his own, uh, I guess, his own ego and trying to do it and trying to, he goes sort of like long walks through nature and he goes through the pain of like shutting his loved ones out and trying to focus in on himself and that's that's just it's just gorgeous to read that sounds fantastic and we uh, I, I believe where uh, we've got him scheduled to come in for a podcast um in a couple of weeks so i'm sure there'll be yeah, lots of please. very interesting conversation to be had there with with christos who is an amazing writer and just a lovely gentleman as well all right. Thank you, Ben. Uh, let's uh, head over now to Eden. What are you reading and what did you like about it? Okay. The book I'm reading is like, it's like a true crime podcast. It's that good and addictive and I'm obsessed with it and I pick it up whenever I can. It's all I think about now. Um, and it's the second book in Holly Jackson's YA, like murder mystery thriller series that's a mouthful and it's called good girl bad blood i floored through the first book which is a good girl's guide to murder and i would put that down to how like riveting and fast-paced the plot was and that is probably the multimedia formatting of it it really drives the momentum in the first book um pip our main character chooses a, a closed case murder for her final year project, as you do. Um, and having grown up in the same small town it took place in, like she feels as though it wasn't handled well and it wrapped up too neatly and that there's more to the story. So as a grade A student, she becomes like entirely absorbed in this case. And we follow her as she uncovers evidence and secrets. And we see that happen through like production log entries, interview transcripts, diary entries, photos she's found along the way. And what I love what Holly Jackson does, she puts those multimedia snippets between chapters and it just like, it propels the plot. Um, and by the end of it, you're left wondering like, how did that take me only one or two hours to read? It, it just flies by. The wonderful thing is the second book is very much the same. Um, it's just as much of a nail biter as the first one. There's no shortage of like thrilling moments. Um, and in the second book, she has developed somewhat of like a, a cult following through her investigation in the first book. Um, and she's actually started up a true crime podcast um, where it detailed everything that happened then. But she's decided now she's going to put her detective days behind her. She got into a little bit too much trouble the last time. Um, and that is until a close friend of hers goes missing and the police won't do anything about it. Um, and so it's just entirely in her personality to take something like that, run with it, give it her all and 
yeah, it has the same multimedia formatting as the first book. You have like familiar faces and it's, it's all those like Nancy Drew vibes, like the teen detective stories you look for. It's very compulsive and literally like anybody who picks up will enjoy it. I don't think you have to necessarily be like strictly a YA reader, but I would highly recommend it. If you're a fan of like Karen and McManus, you will definitely like these ones. And if you're in the mood to start a new series, it's perfect because the third book came out recently. And yeah, I think my other thing would be, I have like a top secret recommendation with this one. Um, it's not like entirely top secret because you can find this information on, on the web, but <laughs> um, there's like a prequel to the first book and you can read it. I would recommend like listening to it as an audiobook, just like I did. But um, in that one, Pip is invited to like this murder mystery party and it's a really short read, but you'll get a really good feel for her personality, like a newfound appreciation for how headstrong and dedicated she is as like a main character. Um, but in it, she's just like completely transported into this like make-believe world that the game has set up. Um, and it involves like 1920s fancy dress and horribly done accents, but it's on purpose. It's a good audiobook um, and lots of jump scares. So that one's called Killjoy. And yeah, that's it. Uh, so you said you said that the third book's just come out. Is it, is it a trilogy or is it going to be an ongoing series? Do you know? I believe it's a trilogy. I think that is the ending. But the only the only thing is I looked up online today and I saw that some people were saying it would be a four book series. So I need to do some proper proper research on that. <laughs> but yeah. It also sounds like uh, it would be perfect fodder for a Netflix adaptation. I actually think that this has been, it's, it's been optioned. Like there is something definitely around this. I don't know if it's going to be a series or a movie. But recently in the news, I saw something around it. So that's another one that you could put on your list. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for that, Eden. Um, and we'll finish up by uh, talking to Olivia Frico, um, our blog editor. What have you been reading and what did you like about it? Um, there's two books that I want to talk about today. Um, excuse me if I sound a little nuts. I've had like a large coffee and no breakfast and haven't written any notes for my books, which is very unlike me. Uh, so let's just see how this goes. Um, the first book I want to talk about is one that's been going, it's a bit of a TikTok sensation. I am cynical, not cynical, I'm a little wary of TikTok, mostly because I am an elder millennial um, who was around, you saw the rise and fall of Vine, so I'm just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop when it comes you're to not an elder. You're not an <laughs> elder millennial, you're not one of us. I'm having a millennial mid midlife crisis, all right. Um, but like, I, well, I'm not cynical about TikTok, I think, like, I'm kind of just waiting for it to fall, but the world of, like, book recommendations and book talk, um, I'm not normally susceptible to it, but, like, I don't have TikTok, but this book has kind of made the jump off TikTok um, in a couple of ways. Uh, so the book I'm talking about is The Atlas Six by Olivia Blake, um, which was a self-published book that got picked up by Tor books, um, who I think are represented by Mc Pan McMillan in Australia. Um, yeah, so that I just happened to hear about, like, it came into my my sphere of consciousness on the day that it got picked up randomly, and I was like, oh, it's five dollars on Covert eBooks. I'm going to buy that because I heard about that and I wanted to read it. Didn't even know that it had been just announced as like a new book um, that Tor was picking up. 
I think it's now available for pre-order and you can't buy it anymore. I'm not quite sure what happened there, but I managed to get a hold of this book and I inhaled it in like over a matter of like three days. I think the long weekend. Um, it's really good. It's kind of, the phrase dark academia makes me kind of want to stick needles in my eyes because it's a bit cringy, but I guess you would say that's the general vibe or genre of this book. It's a fantasy book um, with the premise what if the Library of Alexandria didn't burn down, but actually went underground for protection? And it has been protected by a secret society of people um, for millennia, basically, millennia, um, hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, and every decade, the society picks six magical people. They're called Medeans. They're like essentially uber wizards or witches rather. Um, who have incredible abilities to try out for one of five positions in the society. Um, so there's six initiates, they're going for five spots. One of them's not going to make it. Um, basically, if you liked the kind of, the vibe of Six of Crows, where there's six people who have to work together but don't necessarily like each other, um, that mixed with the academic intellectual intrigue of like The Secret History by Donna Tartt, you will love this book. Um, it kind of deals with the moral quandary of like, how do you protect and serve knowledge? What is the best way? Like, do you share it with everyone? What happens if it gets in the wrong hands? And also the ethics of keeping it amongst yourselves. Um, and also the characters are faced with like a moral quandary. Um, shortly into the book, I don't want to give away spoilers, but basically they learn about the true nature of this initiation process and you know, what happens to the sixth person who doesn't make it in. Um, and it kind of, it's one of those books where like, it's more about the emotion and the character. It's definitely more of a character study than hugely plot based, um, which is my cup of tea when it comes to like fantasy in general. Um, I care more about the vibes, I guess, than like tra traversing across you know, mystical terrains. So this was right up my alley. Um, I thought it was YA. It's very much not YA. There was a surprise threesome scene in the middle of it, uh, which was fun. But uh, this, I think this book lives up to the hype and I'm really excited for a lot more people to be able to read it come March 2022, I think is when it's coming out. So yeah, The Atlas Six by Olivia Blake. Definitely recommend. Okay. That sounds that sounds great, Liv. Thanks for that. And um, I'm looking forward to um, your TikTok influence growing. <laughs> I would not be quite so confident about that, Mark. Um, <laughs> uh, the other book that I want to talk about is one that I'm currently halfway through. And it is one that's been mentioned numerous times on this podcast. So I'm not going to get too deep into it, but it's Devotion by Hannah Kent. Finally picked this up. It comes out 26th of October. And it's beautiful. Like everything, everything good that you've ever heard about this book from various booksellers across Australia is true. It's stunning. Um, it tells the story of a young woman named Hannah, Hannah, in um, who lives in the 18th century, 1800 Prague in the 1800s. She's part of an old Lutheran family and community, and she meets the daughter of a new family called. Her name is Thea, and they share this beautiful like friendship that, you know, eventually develops into something that they don't quite understand and don't have quite have the language for. 
Um, but it is love and it is beautiful. Um, obviously, queerness in the 1800s in Prague was not, you know, understood or encouraged or allowed, you know, much like queerness everywhere, I guess. Um, but while they're trying to figure out what this beautiful relationship that they have is, um, they're given the opportunity to emigrate to Australia, to South Australia, um, the colony in Adelaide. And yeah, just, this is, I'm only halfway through, as I said, and it's just so beautiful. It's typical Hannah Kent, who, you know, the whole, um, you know, stories of women in kind of isolated communities and how the dynamics of that community influence um, particular characters and their journeys. Um, and I think it was Ben, yeah, it was Ben's review um, in his wonderful review of Devotion, which is up on the blog now. Um, he talks about how this is the first time that Hannah Kent kind of goes a bit more imaginative and lyrical um, rather than just straight literary. And I didn't quite understand what that meant. So I was reading going, oh yeah, I get it. It's kind of like a bit like, you know, there's a, there's a hint of magic here. And then now I've hit the halfway point and I'm like, oh, I see what you mean. Like, I and I have no idea where it's going from here, um, from this point. I'm not going to spoil it for any readers, but uh, this is beautiful. I think this is my favourite thing of Hannah Kent's that I've read. Though I haven't read Burial Rights. I've only read The Wood People, so you will have to check back uh, when I've read all three. But yeah, definitely. I'm really happy to hear that you're you're reading that one, Liv. It's a special book. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh my God. She can do that wrong. Well, those yeah, are that's a that's a very strong endorsement. Um, and yes, it, that, that book is just getting some amazing raves around the place. And uh, thank you so much for all of the books that you've recommended today, uh, Ben, Eden, and Liv. Um, Wishlist and To Be Read Piles have grown as always. Uh, so thank you guys for your time. Um, thank you everyone for listening. You can find links to every book that we've mentioned today in the show notes, um, or just head over to booktopia.com.au and uh, use our handy search bar to find them and add them to your wishlist or buy them. Uh, that's our preference, I guess. So thanks for listening. Never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au